Hey, you guys. I'm so glad to have our special guest with us, Mr. Joseph Hunter Duncan. On his new release, EP3, Nashville, Tennessee songwriter Joseph Hunter Duncan crafts swirling, dreaming, shoegaze, ting, pop, folk, charting the artist's journey to sobriety. The vulnerable, yearning vocals glow with an internal warmth. At turns, intimate and grandiose, the music is lifted by the sweet harmonies of Duncan's fluttering falsetto. A soft edge and gentle record, EP3, is the work of a songwriter coming fully into his creative maturity. Joseph Hunter Duncan captures raw emotions and distills it into well-crafted songwriting. He has spent the better part of a decade touring and releasing albums under various monikers and nurturing and focusing his storytelling. Now releasing music under his own name, EP3 follows 2019's EP1 and 2020's release of EP2. While all of the releases in this series were tracked with Tommy Corns in Nashville at his home studio, EP3, is the first that was performed entirely by Duncan. Diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder in early 2017, EP3 reflects the dichotomy in its production. The first half of the record is a touch loud and brash, while the second half is relaxed and stripped down. What Duncan has crafted with EP3 is a record that eloquently captures the essence of heartbreak and a realization that ultimately it's okay to care about yourself. And we're so glad to have you here, Joseph, on this show of Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I love your me. voice. I love one of my favorite songs you did is Rabbit Hole. And I love just listening to that. So I wanted oh, to thanks. first just say how amazing that was. I really enjoyed that song. Oh, no problem. So we're going to no, kind of go straight that. into Thank our you. questions if you're ready. All right. So the first question I have for you is always yeah, let's, let's on go. my mind. Tell our listeners who are your biggest inspirations that have helped you to pursue your music career and how has their love helped you pursue your career in music? Okay. Um, so I would say my biggest inspirations at an early age um, were bands like Nirvana, um, My Chemical Romance, um, Jeff Buckley, uh, and mostly like 90s and early 2000s pop rock singer-songwriter stuff. Um, so, I mean, all, all those influences, I mean, really shaped my sound and a lot of the bands I like too, I don't, I don't even necessarily sound like, um, I don't sound anything like Nirvana, but I absolutely love them. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Cobain is just, <laughs> I mean, just when you think of musicians, I just love, you know, um, I um, let's say the Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of my favorite bands as well. But yeah, Nirvana, I love Green Day, I love U2. <laughs> I mean, just a lot of great bands. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was a um it was a good time for music back in the 90s, I think. Um, you know, I was born in 92, so I didn't really get to experience it until secondhand. Um but well, yeah. Yeah, I was born in the 80s, so I was like, I got kind of the 80s rock and the 90s kind of. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Yeah, I, de- I definitely got a lot of like the you know the emo two thousands. Oh yeah, that, that's a, that was a great time as well. Like, I mean, there's so many great bands out there. I wish we can go back to um, my favorite show is TRL, um, and I wish that could come back because that was one of my favorite things coming in. Oh yeah, <laughs> from school. Back when when they had VJs instead of DJs. Yes, yes, <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah, right. So let's kind of go to our next question. Stay home. How difficult has it been to record or play shows since COVID-19? And are you considered more of an introverted person or extroverted individual? And if you are both at times, can you tell us which one you normally gravitate to? Sure. Um, So with recording, it was pretty easy and, you know, um, there's not a whole lot of stress involved because I either will work alone or I'll work with my friend Tommy um, tracking. So, you know, it it was a weird time for a while and I wasn't really doing a lot. I I was writing a bunch uh, during COVID and that's kind of how EP3 was shaped. Um, And playing shows, I think I did one outdoor show in 2020, like around May, you know, I was super nervous about it, just how everything was opening back up, and um, it was it was kind of surreal. And then, you know, as as we're in this like endemic, I guess you would call it, um, been playing a lot more. Like I was super eager to get back out and, and play shows. Um, as far as an introvert or extrovert. I mean, I like, I, I really adore my alone time. Um, but I, I have many moments of um, just feeling antsy that I need to get out and socialize and um, kind of recharge in that way too. That makes um, sense though, Hunter. I really love that you say that. Like in my job, I have to be extroverted, um, but I'm an introverted mm-hmm. person at heart and can be very empathic with things too. Right. So it kind of goes into another question I have for you. How do you find your Zen? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to, th- you know, I guess playing music. I'll just uh, pick up the guitar and start strumming away. Even if nothing comes out of it, I'm, you know, I'm not always trying to write a song. Sometimes I'm just wanting to sit there and play. Um. And I have my my two kids and my fiance, so you know, just being around and going to the park or going on walks is really nice. Kind of keeps me grounded. I love that. I mean, because you need to have that support system, and I always tell people if you don't have it in your immediate family, you can have a chosen family of people that you that support you in your music career. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I got a really. Say that again, Hunter. I'm sorry. No, I said, well, I, I guess that's my zen. You know, those those little moments of just clarity. You know, nothing, no pressure. And then you can be yourself around them, too. So there's not even like any any pressure, like you said, at all. Because they, they know your, your high moments, your low moments, and how to support you through both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you're ready for a really fun question. I like this one. Run yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> so if you were given $10,000 to run in the Boston Marathon, would you do it? 
and where do you think you would place if you actually had to run in it? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, how many people are running this thing? Thousands and thousands of people. I would, I would absolutely do it for 10 grand. Uh, but man, you know, as far as I would place uh, on the ladder, I, I would be with um, the group that is struggling, but I would, I would still push through. Yeah, I think you and I'll be together on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't run very often. I don't either. My knees are terrible. <laughs> yeah, I would just, I'd walk most of it, you know. So by the end, we'll be like, we'll split it half and half, and we'll probably just need so much icy hot to get through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, I would, I would do it for the money, you know. Why not? That would be fun. I, yeah. I love the Boston Marathon. That was something I always loved, you know, seeing. And I know we had that tragedy that happened years ago, and that was just, right. that was something I'll never forget, right. but. You know, I think people just, you know, yeah. exercising, you know, you can do it in many different ways, but I would love to one day hopefully get an opportunity to do something fun like that. That'd be really cool. Right? Yeah. Well, let me know when you do it. I'm invite <laughs> we'll you. <sign> <laughs> yeah. Now, what about your morning routine? What are some things you normally use to get ready in the morning before either performing or just your daily morning routine? Um, I, I guess on my daily, it's wake up, shower um make a an espresso drink um i usually i have a little espresso machine that i got for christmas which was great and i'll do a couple shots over ice with some oat milk and then um i have a terrible habit which is uh smoking cigarettes so i will go outside on the back porch and have a smoke and drink some coffee well, you know, we all we have to tackle each thing one thing at a time. So, like, that's... yeah, yeah, I quit the drinking, so the the smoking is is next. Okay, and I'll be here to support you through that. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I that. All right, so we have another question. I don't want to die alone. Have you lost someone close to you recently? And if so, um, if you could ask them one question, what would you want to know? And if they responded, what would you want to hear them say to you one last time? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I will say that song is about wanting to, as morbid as this sounds, wanting to die before someone you love so you don't have to experience losing them. So, I, I mean, I've, I've lost, you know, friends, family, um, my, my grandmother, I think was maybe the most impactful one. Um, this would have been back in 2017, February, 2017. Um, and she passed away right before my, my firstborn, my son was born. Um, and, you know, I was really looking forward to her meeting him. Um, so, I mean, if I were to say anything, I just would tell her how great that was and how amazing it is. Um, and uh, <laughs> the last thing that she asked me to do, which was, it was very surreal. Um, she said, I want you to play. You are my sunshine at my funeral, but I want you to say you were my sunshine. Oh, wow. And so every time I hear, 
you are my sunshine. I think of that moment, which it kind of tears me up inside. But it also was like, you know, I was glad that she wanted me to play at her funeral, you know? Like that was something that was important to her. Wow. That is one of the most touching things I've heard in a very long time. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's life. There's There's so much that happens. But I think that says a lot about your relationship that she in and she entrusted you to do something like that, but also mm-hmm. that that's a moment you never forget. Oh, absolutely. All right, you ready for our next question? Timelines. I'm trying to not yeah. cry because that was really emotional. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's yeah let's not go there. I mean, the songs are sad, so yeah, <laughs> everything outside of that we try to keep positive. Right, we're gonna keep positive. We're gonna move on yeah. from from that part. <laughs> So well, let's talk about timelines. Are you a planner or a procrastinator? Oh, procrastinator. I almost feed off of the pressure of having to get something done at the last minute. I'm terrible at planning. Um, my fiance says I'm good at planning tours, but nothing else. <laughs> well, that's not all the way true, right? Because, I mean, you, you did plan to actually get engaged, so that was a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a plan. That was that was a good plan. Um, so I mean, I'm not a great planner, but when I do plan, I, I, I step up to the plate. So that's what you can tell her next time she says that you're like, hey, well, when I actually did the engagement, I thought I planned that pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was a total surprise. It was you know, family was there. We were at the beach. Um, I sang a karaoke. Uh, we were. I did. Everybody wants to rule the world by Tears for Fears. Oh, I know oh, that yeah. song. <laughs> and I, you know, after the that song was done and I was done singing, is when I asked her over the microphone, and you know, it was, it was really sweet. Wow, that's really romantic. That, I, I think that's really cool. Well, thanks. I think she thought it was pretty cool too. Wow. Well, yeah, she took the ring, right? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> like, man, if I went and did that, you would have had to switch to another song. You'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to follow this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to our next question, oh, Rabbit Hole, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, yeah. What, when yeah. was the last time you recorded in a studio, and do you find yourself ruminating about lyrics or making changes along the way when you record? Um, the last time I was in the studio was maybe, maybe a month ago. Kind of started the next record um, with, with my friend Tommy. Um, we just work really well together and he's one of my closest friends. Um, so I, I laid down like a couple of tracks, like drum tracks and ideas for new songs um, that sound way different than these past EPs. I, I kind of like to evolve and change, you know, as, as time goes on. Um, about lyrics or making changes. I, I, I kind of, I don't spend too much time on lyrics. I'm kind of a lazy songwriter. I just, um, I'll have, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll be playing guitar and I kind of get this melody idea. And then I'll start like making up sentences and, and have things that rhyme um, with no real purpose or intention behind the song, um, which may be disappointing to some people expecting more out of it um 
sometimes I, I can really grab that moment where the song just comes to me and I can let it be the way that it is. And um, yeah, I don't spend too much time on lyrics though. But recording, um, I'll spend a lot of time fine tuning certain things. And then other times I'll be like, ah, just let it be. It's just rock and roll, you know. I love that you said that. I think that that's important. Like sometimes you plan things too much that it can cause a major issue. Like, cause you lose the creativity of it. Yeah. For sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, working with Tommy, he's, he's super laid back and we just, you know, we'll, we'll look at each other and be like, Oh, we could just try something else. You know, there's, I, there's no pressure. There's no record label or management saying, um, you know, we need this from you or we expect this from you. It's purely whatever we want to do or, or what I want to do. I love that. And I love creative freedom. I, I feel like that is where you find true authentic performers for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's go to another fun question. If you could perform live with any current top 40 artists in the country, who would you choose and what venue would you want to perform? You know, when I saw this question, I had to look up who was in the top 40. Cause I don't, I, and honestly, like the majority of them, I didn't know who they were. Um, I don't really listen to much like pop music or I guess the, the, the masses, whatever they're listening to. Not like I'm some underground guru that knows all the unknown bands, but I, I can't, I can't think of anyone. I mean, if I could go back 20 something odd years ago, I'd say I'd play with Nirvana. Let's do that. Let's change and, it up. Let's, let's kind of go over some new, yeah. let's go over maybe artists from 20 to 30 years ago. If anyone in the top 40 out Nirvana, of course, is one, is there anyone else you might want to work with if you had the opportunity? Oh man. Uh, gosh. I like the killers. Yeah. A band like that. I'm sure they were in the top 40 when they put out um, Hot Fuss. I'm I'm sure they were out there. Um, I like the White Snakes. What about that? I don't know the name. Okay, look it up later. That might be good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or um, Evanescence, you know, which is another great band I love. I I mean, I remember that one, one tune. Bring Me to Life. Oh, break me up in the side. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, which yeah, I was all over the radio around that. You know, I was probably in middle school. Oh man, I'm telling my age now. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely remember hearing it a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of age, it kind of goes into my next question. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell little Hunter? Oh, that. Your dream will change, but at its core, it's the same. And not to beat yourself up about how that dream changes. I love that answer. What age would you tell that to? Probably 12 or 13 year old Hunter. Um, You know, like right when I first started playing guitar and writing songs, and then envisioning my life is like, 
I don't, I don't want to say famous, but definitely like I've, I had this goal in mind of being a, a quote unquote rock star. But it's, it's changed since then. You know, like the reality of how things have panned out, the things that I did do or didn't do, um, you know, people that I met along the way, um, different bands that I tried. Um, yeah, I, I would just tell them that the, the dream is, it's still there. It just kind of morphs around what, what happens. And you kind of never know what's going to happen. And I love that about life because if I knew everything that was going to happen, I think I, life would be pretty boring because I would try to. I would, yeah, I'd be really bored. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to tell you, I think you are a rock star, you know, because you are a great family <laughs> guy. You have great talent as a musician, but you talked about mental illness, which is something that most people don't like to discuss. And I work in a field of mental health and just seeing, yeah, I'm a um, licensed professional counselor. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> So yeah, I've been doing that for oh, a couple of years awesome. now. And so being able to work with people and just see this and then still be able to do this podcast, it really just helps me to see the world from a different view. And I just loved that you talked about that. Yeah, I mean, it was a really eye-opening thing for my my situation to be labeled as something. You know, like I always had these like mixed emotions and I, I kind of just felt like everybody was that way or felt that way or went through those mood swings that I was going through. Um, so when finally somebody was like, no, this is what it is. Um, and here's how we can treat that. You know, I was I was very like, I, I didn't believe it at first. So I wasn't really serious about treatment. Um, but over the past two years, I started to take it really seriously and I, I wanted to be open about it. I don't, I don't want to be like, I'm an advocate for it. You know, I, I don't represent what it is. Um, I'm just somebody that suffers from it and you know, it is what it is. And I just try to make the most of it. And I even sometimes when I see, you know, like, that I have announced it and that I have told people I'll have moments of like, Oh man, maybe you shouldn't have said anything about it. You know, it's just kind of like that self doubt, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I did at the end of it all. I'm glad that you did as well. I mean, that I feel like that's what makes you unique. And I always tell people that it's not about it being an illness that defines you. It's something that you live mm -hmm. with and you can learn how to process in your own way how unique that uniqueness makes you a stronger person because you're doing something about it. You know, it's kind of like if someone has diabetes, no one says, Oh, Oh my God, a person has diabetes. You know, they, that's not the first response you get, mm -hmm. but it's the stigma related to mental illness that plays a huge role. And hopefully that will start to change over time. You know? Yeah. Cause a lot of people don't believe it. You know, they'll be like, I don't believe that you have it. And I'll be like, if I told you I had cancer, would you believe me then? Because you can't see cancer as much as you can't see mental health, except for maybe certain actions or if you're around somebody long enough, you kind of pick up on those those changes. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a very serious thing. And you know, I'm not well versed in it because it's, it's like this ever, you know, growing study of mental health. Absolutely. But I'm very, I want to tell you, I'm very proud of you for discussing it, but I'm also 
I'm grateful that you're able to come to grips with this is something I'm living with, but I'm learning each day how to manage it in my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks sometimes. I mean, but most of the time it's, I don't much really think about it, you know. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's not, we, there are people we can do this, we can function. Um, just got to keep it in mind to keep on, keep it, be on track with it, you know. Absolutely. And there are a lot of amazing artists out there that do struggle with bipolar depression yeah. and and, you know, that doesn't define them. So I feel like that's great that you're able to talk about that with me. I appreciate you sharing that with me, Curtis. Yeah, All of right, course. so Hunter, I have one last question for you. Can you tell our listeners where can they find you and what's next for you? All right, so you can find me. Um, my website is just my name, Joseph Hunter Duncan. Um, my Instagram handle is Joseph Hunter Duncan. You can find me on Facebook, same thing. Um, that's kind of, I quit doing the band thing because it's hard sometimes to Google a band because there's all these, you know, different names that you could fall under. So as soon as I typed out my whole name, I was like, well, you can find me that way. Awesome. And do you have any shows or anything, any new music coming out very soon? Yeah. So I have a tour um, next month. It's a two week run um doing the west coast so we'll be hitting up like um washington oregon and northern california for a couple weeks awesome well i'm just so glad you came on the show joseph i'm so glad you reached out i was uh i was very honored to be asked to be on a podcast it's uh, my first one so <laughs> well i'm excited any closing words that you have for us before we end? um I'm working on a new record, so be on the lookout if you decide you want to join this crazy journey. Um, and just be good. You know, be good to each other. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Joseph, for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. I'm just so proud of you, and you just keep doing what you're doing, and I would love to have you back soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Joseph, you have a great evening. Okay, you too. bye. Thank you.